0: Hello, and welcome to the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, May 4th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is wishing you a happy Star Wars Day, Danielle. (laughs) Happy Star Wars Day to you, Rachel. Uh, May the 4th be with you, is that what they say?
1: (laughs) I think I've heard that once or twice
0: follow us at Lockdown Flyers on Twitter, send us your questions for our weekly mailbag, or just tell us how you're spending the time without hockey. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel. And I'm Danielle. Locked On Flyers is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you get all of our episodes downloaded direct to your device here on the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Today on the show, we are going to do our weekly news update on the hockeying, and we will have our nemesis of the week and a Flyers fun thing at the end. So the Flyers completed the deal with Linus Sandin that we talked about last week as being pretty much a done deal, but they had to wait for the technicality of how the international transfers work. But now we have him signed to a one-year ELC, uh, given his age, which is 23 at signing, and he'll be 24 by the time uh, he'd be playing for the Flyers. So that was the max that could be done. The contract has a cap hit of 792500 So that's a pretty good one-year deal for him and for the Flyers to have a pretty solid bottom sixer on the cheap at least for one year Uh, as a reminder he was in the SHL in Sweden this past season where he had a career high scoring of 19 goals which was third in the SHL and 17 assists for a total of 36 points in 51 games
1: Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a continuation uh, from the last time we talked about Sandine. Again, I think this is a great signing for the Flyers, a really good cap hit for Chuck Fletcher. Um, I am very satisfied with this. I think so, too. And, you know, I read up
0: a little bit more on him, uh, Alex Appleyard, uh, was quoted in The Athletic because he has had a chance to follow him in Sweden over these many years and basically compared him to Michael Raffl. that he would be able to plug in up and down the lineup and, you know, fill whatever kind of winger role that was necessary. And that he has improved his skating over the last couple of years. And a, he is a great net front presence. And, you know, we, linked to his highlight reel last week, and that's basically what it showed, that he just parks himself in front of the net and causes problems and then gets a lot of redirect goals, which is pretty good. I will accept that. A Michael Roffle, definitely. For sure. And you know, people were sort of wondering, well, where did this guy come from? And why wasn't he drafted? And that it just seems like he was a late bloomer. And that it's really been the last couple of years that he has stepped it up in the Swedish League, and sort of made his presence known, whereas, you know, in earlier years, he just wasn't quite at that level yet. And that just happens sometimes.
1: It does, and I like that the Flyers keep an eye out on, on players like that because, as you can see with this deal, they can get them on a really um, cap-friendly deal, and, you know, it's one year, so he has something to prove, and, you know, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I like that the Flyers keep their their ear to the ground and, and will try to find players like this because... You know, the fact that the cap didn't go up this season or for next season, um, deals like this can really come in handy.
0: They really will, especially, you know, like we've been talking about, a, a bunch of the bottom six are going to be free agents in the next season and probably want to demand more money than the Flyers were paying them this year. And so to have a low cost, high quality bottom sixer, you know, in the bag already is just only going to help the Flyers. So in addition to the signing, there were a couple other uh, interviews and updates. You know, they've been doing weekly conference calls with different players and uh, the management and stuff. And so we talked a little bit about the conversation with Ivan Provorov, but it was actually, it was really cool to listen to it. Uh, he talked a lot about just spending time with his billet family in wilkes where that's where he spent some of his junior time and he's able to work out six hours a day, which is insane.
1: But I guess that's Ivan Provorov for you. (laughs) Like That's ridiculous. Like who in quarantine is working out six hours a day? Of course, it's Ivan.
0: Yeah, he's lucky because he's managed to get ice time at a private rink that is small, but it stills ice and Uh, He's working really closely with the coaches and trainers to come up with a workout plan that, you know, keeps him in the best shape he can be in.
1: I would expect nothing less from him. (laughs) I know.
0: The other interview, which I actually enjoyed a lot, was with Elaine Vigneault. And I have to say off the bat, he has, I'm, I'm calling these, like, instead of playoff beards, they're playoff beards, which <laughs> is, oh I know, it takes you a second, but when you get there, it's still a terrible joke, but <laughs> <laughs> that being said, uh, his looks really great, I have to say.
1: Yeah, he looked fantastic. I don't know if it's just because I missed seeing A.V., but I loved his interview.
0: I think so, too. And, uh, of course, unlike Joe Thornton, who shaved his famous beard off, which was a little traumatizing, but, you know. (laughs) More power to him. Uh, So A.V. had been in Florida, uh, spending some time down there, but then uh, Canada were called their citizens, so he went back up to Canada and then they talked to him a lot about, you know, potential ramp up, which I thought was kind of one of the two most interesting parts of the conversation where, you know, he said, look, everybody will get the same amount of time. So it is what it is and that they're working really closely with the players to make sure that the kinds of workouts they're doing will keep their bodies in the right kind of shape to get back on the ice and try and minimize the potential for injury. And, you know, I think that is key, right? And just being in the right kind of shape. So in addition to that, uh, he has been talking to Oscar Lindblom, who is doing great and finishing up his treatment right now. Nolan Patrick also went back to Canada, but um, is still working out and seems to be doing well. Uh, The other part that I thought was really great was when he was talking about, you know, his girlfriend is an ER nurse in Gatineau, and his sister works for Quebec Health. So he feels really connected to the public health issues that are happening with the pandemic. And that, you know, it just expressing his admiration for all the work that people like his girlfriend and, and sister are doing and that, you know, he wants to make sure anything he can do to help support them, he, he will. And then just kind of as a coda, Bill Meltzer asked a really interesting hockey question about the season and that they had been playing in shorter shifts this past year as part of that system that included more spread out ice time between the lines. And, you know, I I really, really thought his response was interesting and that he said that the shorter shifts have been really important and that... The short shift is higher tempo, and it's important to puck possession. There's more chances to attack. And they see that, you know, the guys are skating as many shifts as they did before. So they get more in the habit of playing in that attack mode and that, you know, they've gotten everybody on the team to commit to it. And that's part of what's made them so successful this year.
1: And that's a really good point. I feel like you, you could see that because, I mean, from the beginning, AV wanted the Flyers to play with speed. And one way to play with speed is to have shorter shifts so that you are giving it your all for that amount of the shift and then quickly resting and getting back out there. Um, and, I, and I think it shows, like in the like, in the game when the Flyers are playing their game, you know, it does seem like they're just, like, cycling lines. And everyone is... You just see everyone, every line out there all the time. And I think that just, it makes perfect sense that that's like a key part of um, the Flyers' success and the way that A.V. wants them to play.
0: Exactly. And I know in these times where the Flyers are trying to keep their bodies in shape, you know, the rest of us are too. And one of the ways I've been able to do that is by keeping my nutrition on the right path by eating Bilt Bars.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. It's like the quarantine 15. <laughs> no, but <laughs> Bilt Bar helps to make it the quarantine 10 because they are so good and they are low in calorie. These protein bars, are, they taste like candy bars. They have like tons of flavors. I think they have 16 flavors in chocolate or if you like peanut butter or if you like Like fruity flavors, they have that as well. And they're so soft and easy to chew.
0: Yeah, they're so great, like you said, for trying to keep health conscious or if you're trying to, you know, just maintain your weight instead of gaining weight during (laughs) this time. Uh, But it's also like a really delicious treat if you're just looking for a good snack that's, you know, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It you know, without the additives and, you know, if you compare it to other popular protein bars, it, they have half the calories, fewer carbs, fewer sugar grams and more protein. And I just like I can't believe how good they are with with how good they are for you.
1: Yeah, it's mind blowing. If you guys want to try it out, go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com.
0: So, there were also some updates in addition to the Joe Thornton beard trimming <laughs> trauma. Uh, There were some actual NHL around the league updates that we thought were important. Uh, They released a little bit of more information on this potential early June draft idea. Uh, The date that had gotten floated around as a recording was June 5th. And, you know, last week we talked about this potentiality, but... uh, there was a little bit more of a reasoning behind it with a memo that went out to teams over the last week. And really that if they still did it in June, they could capture some media attention and focus that they may not have been able to otherwise with sports being on hiatus, these live events, you know, create a lot of attention for the league. And with a proposed compact end to the season there might not be enough time for it in the fall in a compressed time slot between the end of the season and the next one and then also just trying to anticipate the worst case scenario of canceling the season obviously we talked about some of the the sticking points and they seem to have some answers for them in this memo so for conditional trades the league would propose a solution to the two teams and they would have seven days to either figure out a different deal on terms acceptable to both teams or just take what the NHL uh, gave them as how to resolve that conditional trade. The uh, order would be determined by points percentage and that it would change it, the lottery format for this season only picking one winner and limiting any move up to a maximum of four spots. So that would mean that Detroit would pick no lower than second. Ottawa could do no worse than three and four. Jersey, Buffalo, Montreal, and Chicago couldn't jump above two, three, four, or five, respectively. You know, a, a lot of people were also concerned about tr- trades and whether or not, you know, you would miss out on some of those offseason draft day Deals, And they did an analysis over the past few years and found out that just about 50% of the trades that have happened on draft day could have been made in this scenario. So they're like, well, it hasn't been as big of an impact as people think. But I don't know. I still think it's that part of it kind of bothers me.
1: Yeah. I just feel like the GMs are going to play it safe, which I mean, they play it safe already. So this is they're, they're playing it even safer than before, which is like no fun. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing here is that I don't care if a, a team would
0: win the Stanley Cup and the lottery in the same year. I think that would be crazy fun. But I also think that it's this is going to provide fodder for sports commentating for years and years to come, whatever they do. These, you know, potential what-if scenarios or... Asterisk or whatever is going to happen related to this season I think will be an interesting academic exercise <laughs> that we'll get to look at
1: yeah you're right I mean I wouldn't mind if I think it would be pretty f- cool if a team won both but if it's a team I don't like then yeah I'm gonna be pissed but <laughs> I can't say that I'm just like I'm okay with it but you're right that This season is going to or this whatever anything that's happening now is going to be talked about for years. So who knows what's going to happen or what's best for for the league or for the teams. Someone's always going to have a problem with whatever they choose. For sure.
0: We all know that. (laughs) Uh, In other news, the Blackhawks fired their president, John McDonough, which is I, you know, the Blackhawks have not been great. They haven't made the playoffs since 2017, but it's still kind of surprising given kind of the dynasty that hangs over that team as a title.
1: Yeah, I mean, isn't this their penance for all the, the Cups they won? Like, <laughs> you had your success and now you now you are bad. And, like, missing the playoffs for three years, I guess that's big for them. I, I don't know. I I mean, when you look at their team – it, does, it makes sense that they would miss the playoffs. Like, look at them. I mean, yeah. besides their first two lines, is there really anything? And then their defense, they've made it's some bad. questionable. <laughs> yeah, they've made some questionable moves with, like, the prospects they've traded and the prospects they've traded for. Obviously, like, their, their cap situation is pretty – is not ideal. So it makes sense that they're like this. I don't know <laughs> – like what firing a pres- uh, president would do but
0: nobody's job
1: is safe is kind
0: of the thing that that does.
1: Yeah, and they're just like trying to fire other people to the well the the GM is like firing other people to so that he can keep his job. I don't know. Maybe that it's one of those things, but it I was shocked at first, but then I'm just surprised that people think that like, "Oh yeah, they should be back in the playoffs." How? It's like, How? they're not good. <laughs> I genuinely don't see that. They're not good. And they may have some prospects, but I don't see them making a huge impact because of, like we said, their cap situation, um, their depth at defense. And, you know, I mean, I would say their goaltending is a problem, but it's just, yeah, the defense is it is, great. And... Offensively, I don't see it. Like it's just not a league where you can have two two lines anymore. Like you need production from all your all lines. Yeah, I think so
0: too. And then lastly, uh the Carolina Hurricanes had an awkward breakup with their AHL team, <laughs> the Charlotte Checkers. And so obviously this affects the Phantoms a little bit in that So it seems like Carolina is changing their affiliation to the Chicago Wolves, which is much further away. Kind of makes no sense, but there must be some business reason behind why they're doing this. Regardless, it means that when the Phantoms play the Checkers, they won't be playing Kane's prospects anymore. So that should be interesting. The Charlotte Checkers put out... A statement basically saying, yeah, we didn't know anything about this. Like, they didn't talk to us. And uh, so hopefully they'll lock up an affiliation. I think the Florida Panthers are the team that remains.
1: I did know that, like, something was going on with the Checkers because they, they, like, fired their coach that won the... The
0: Calder Cup?
1: Yeah, the Calder Cup. Like, he won the Calder Cup and then he went to a different team like that same like that off season. So it's a little weird. There's been a lot of changes for the checkers. That's a little eye-raising.
0: Indeed. So we'll see how that plays out uh the next time the AHL kicks it into gear. So it's Monday. It's time for our Flyers nemesis of the week and Uh, We saw over the weekend that, unfortunately, the Flyers in Arena host and also Urswell co-host of the Quarter Hour of Power with Gritty, Andrea Helfrich, said on her Instagram that she has been diagnosed with COVID-19 and has been hit with it pretty hard. And so that is our nemesis that we hope for her sake that she gets well soon and you know gets through this it's a a tough road from what she was saying on that instagram live and uh so again we just you know send our best wishes to her and can't wait to see her back making us laugh with gritty as soon as she's
1: healthy absolutely just pulling for a complete recovery for her so to end on a
0: more fun note, uh, we'll probably take a look at it in more detail in another episode. But uh, we were looking at the Cooperalls era, which is a fun couple of years in the eighties <laughs> of Flyers history, and uh, we'll definitely bring that back in in the future. But uh, we found some highlights from a Flyers versus Whalers game in December of nineteen eighty-two, and those were the two teams that both wore the long pants in the nhl at that time so it's just really fun to see a game where both teams have the long pants and uh these uh these highlights are fun although unfortunately the whalers won this game <laughs> but
1: <laughs> that's not what we're focusing we're on we're focusing on the pants here there we go so
0: thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow with a look at defensive prospect Wyatt Wiley with Josh Horton, who covered the Everett Silver Tips for the past two seasons. As a reminder, we want to hear from you. Send us in questions via Twitter at Flyers or by email to
1: LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Danielle, and you can find me on Twitter at Danielle underscore Nick. That's Danielle underscore N-I-C-C. And I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R M I R I A M.
0: Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NHL, where Sarah talks more about the Blackhawks firing of John McDonough and talks about the NWHL expansion to Toronto and the draft which took place last week. You can also hear myself and Sarah go at it in Hockey Jeopardy on the Locked on Ducks podcast, which was super fun. The third contestant was Laura from Locked on Canadian. So the three of us had a great time with JD uh, trying to answer some questions. Have a great day, everyone.